1: Interchangeable white ladies. Welcome to Interchangeable White Ladies podcast. I'm Hope. I'm Annie. Our EQ this week is how can white women use their privilege to disrupt the culture of passive aggressive behavior and whitesplaining slash mansplaining that emerge in many professional workplaces. All right, are you ready? Sure. Knock knock. Who's there?
0: Passive aggressive coworker. Passive aggressive coworker. Who? You don't. Remember my name? Fine. Whatever. No, it's totally cool. I'm not mad. I promise. I swear. No, we're good. Don't worry about it. Like, don't even worry about it. Thanks for your time, Hope.
1: Oh. Uh,
0: that was good, right?
1: Yeah, that was pretty good.
0: Okay. I it was that, very uh, very I that,
1: accurate. I wrote that joke for you. Very accurate. Uh, so workplace communication can be super touchy, uh, and correcting other people can even be more touchy. So because true. you're just interrupting and mm-hmm. it can feel super awkward and you don't want to impact those weird awkward relationships yeah and also um, sometimes
0: people develop like quirks and habits over like a long time and yes. you're basically saying to them change now because i don't like the thing you're doing
1: yeah and that's awkward so as we delve into this topic today there might be some moments um where it'll be a little bit awkward and thinking about how does this is apply um there's a lot of tacky crap that goes on at work am i right so right so right and speaking of tacky crap we
0: have a little disclaimer <laughs> for this episode. If any of stories or examples that we talk about seem familiar, um, it's purely accidental, coincidental,
1: unintentional. Incidental.
0: Yeah, incidental, all the <laughs> um, We, Because we crowdsourced examples of passive-aggressive behavior on social media, so none of the examples are from our personal experiences in our current workplace. There's one perplexing example from a coworker, but that's it. Swearsies, you're going to love it, it's so funny. Awesome. Anything else we should disclaim? Yeah. um, So, like, I feel like I don't know if it's necessarily a disclaimer, but it's kind of like needs to be said before we start. Is it like the most obvious unprofessional communication like you can think of is stuff that teachers get fired for? Like in our profession, like the unprofessional stuff is like you hear about the most is like that teacher in Mississippi who got fired for saying that all black people should move to back to Africa.
1: Yeah, wasn't there another one that taught the students like a Nazi salute or something? Yeah, extremely. Is
0: in Vermont, is sub- yeah. substitute teachers like. Taught the kid like third graders how to Heil Hitler. Yeah, and it was like a the thing. word
1: the nice white lady word inappropriate is not even appropriate for this kind. No, it's not, it's not. It's not strong so enough. Yeah, horrible. That I feel like that's not. Those are not even like about unprofessional. Those are just yeah. like lack of judgment, like lack of humanity. Yes, <laughs> or like right. Any yeah. care? Or Horrendous. Thought.
0: So I guess like all the things that we're talking about are more of those like regular, not necessarily fireable offenses, but like especially that kind of passive aggressive behavior, or it can, I mean, it can be like tacky behavior yeah. or what we call tacky, right? What white ladies would say that's tacky. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes uh, as far as probes. being like de- in a <laughs> exactly. Or almost as far as being like demoralizing right, yeah. um, to other people. So we're going to focus on passive aggressive stuff. Um, we have a bunch of anecdotal evidence, which doesn't feel very scientific, but I don't. But this is a podcast. I think it's so fine. I'm fine yeah. with that. <laughs> also, the Internet uh, has some good examples, too. And that's a reliable
1: source. So. Is it Wikipedia? Because I feel it really was not good Wikipedia. About Wikipedia.
0: It was Reddit. But oh, that's even worse. I, that's like the worst <laughs> part of the internet. But there, um, there's some really good examples of people being really passive aggressive. So we have some hard hitting journalism oh, to back up great. our uh, our stories today. Um, <laughs> I've, basically, I've come to the conclusion, and I don't know how you feel about this, but like the people I see being passive aggressive the most are white folks. Yeah, especially white women.
1: Yeah, so it's let's talk thing. about why – so when you say passive-aggressive, what do you mean, Annie?
0: Okay, well
1: – Let's define some terms here. Okay,
0: so, like, I did a little actual research of actual terms. From um, Reddit? For, no. Urban from, Dictionary? No, from Psychology no? Today. Okay. Yeah, which is a – i don't know
1: I, it's peer-reviewed I, not peer reviewed. I, I think some of their okay.
0: articles might be peer-reviewed like in their uh, like they probably have some kind of journal edition by the for way isn't it so obnoxious as,
1: <laughs> when people just <laughs> interrupt you first of all and then like yeah. ask for your sources and yeah. then talks back yeah about the
0: especially in a meeting like hey what are you like that's never happened to me where we work now but like i've definitely had somebody like do that like in a workplace like where what's your source yeah what's your data
1: I like when people do it on Facebook, but then this is part of that passive-aggressive thing. Is like people are like, "Well, t- show me your sources," and then you post a source that's reputable, and then they're yeah. like, "Oh, I don't like that source because <laughs> I think blah blah." Because it's blah. So, biased. How about you just disagree with what yeah. I'm saying rather than like, uh, yeah, pull something out your yeah. wherever and. Also, make it I
0: don't like it when people are like sharing a personal experience, and then on social media, <laughs> and then somebody's like basically kind of like. In a backwards way, says, What's your source? And you're like, Me, dummy. That's what yeah. I just well, said. Well, you're not
1: credible, apparently. Apparently, so, yeah. I don't
0: understand my own experience of like. Plus, life. it's
1: Twitter, so
0: like, that's right? what it's
1: all about. <laughs> it's your own personal experience. It's true. So, how else do you fi- define passive aggressive?
0: Um, so, Psychology Today was super helpful. Um, basically, they sum it up uh, that because anger is socially unacceptable, especially for women, mm. you have to find an alternative. To just being angry, Mm -hmm. right? And sometimes you can't just be angry and that's like people will – it shocks people into paying attention. But
1: you shouldn't – like
0: it's socially unacceptable to be angry constantly, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's not cool.
1: Um, Well, I think particularly women aren't allowed to be, right? So even that word aggressive, like women are often – like that word in – yeah. Womenhood or gender, or whatever we want to throw in here, like that, those things aren't supposed to go together, no. right? Because we're supposed to be quiet and kind and yeah, sweet and non-emotional. But wait, we're emotional, but not that emotion. But yeah, you get some emotions, emotions, but not others. Yeah,
0: you have to do the easy, fun ones that are squishy and make people feel good, and you don't get <laughs> to have the hard, yeah. spiky ones that like are also part of the human experience Mm -hmm. you got to squash those um so okay so that's part of it is anger is unacceptable but sugar-coated hostility is socially acceptable acceptable because it's not as confrontational as pure anger so you can be kind of hostile like a boiling river of lava with a sweet candy shell and that's okay (laughs)
1: That's more okay than just being yeah. angry because it's easier to swallow or go with the food metaphor here. Yes, or we just like it more.
0: Um, I think it's more socially acceptable. Yeah. I think it's like that people around you accept it more if they're like, "Well, she seems all right, even if she has a very river of lava underneath." Like. That's more acceptable to be, or more palatable. Yeah. food metaphor. Yeah, it's more palatable. <laughs> then, um, are you hungry right now? I
1: don't know. Maybe That's why all <laughs> the food metaphor. I had like you like an, the candy I coating, had an English
0: muffin became here before I came here, and I feel like it was not enough food.
1: You also brought me those. Um, I keep thinking about um, when we were doing some planning for the show and yeah. Annie brought me Bar-nana. these yeah, chocolate covered, <laughs> vegan chocolate covered bananas. They're so amazing. I keep picturing that as like passive ag- a symbol for passive aggressive <laughs> communication. <laughs> They're gooey and delicious on the inside, except uh,
0: in this metaphor, the anger is gooey and sticky and won't come off your skin. I guess. I don't know. Uh, This is a weird metaphor. Now it sounds terrible. Now I don't want to eat the (laughs) banana. Why did you ruin the banana for me? They're (laughs) delicious. You should try them. So, okay. So um, sugar-coated hostility is more okay. Um, Being passive-aggressive is sometimes a lot easier than being assertive. So Mm -hmm. it's like an ease thing or like a convenience efficiency. Right? Like it's easier to be passive-aggressive. Than to be assertive about what you want. Well,
1: I think part of that is um, if you don't know what you want, mm-hmm. right? If you're unclear about what you really want yeah. at the bottom line you're kind of like trying to check the test of waters, uh, we kind of go back to that like nervousness of relationships, right? Yeah. If you feel yes. like you're in a precarious relationship, you don't want to offend somebody. Right. Um, what are the other reasons? I like think fear kind of mm-hmm. motivates that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or like, um,
0: like when you're saying that kind of tenuous relationships, like fear of rejection, I think mm-hmm. is – or people seeing you as not credible or like – I don't know poking holes in your your fragile ego, mm-hmm. right?
1: Well, in the power dynamic too. So, say you're you know speaking to somebody who's an authority over you. Yes. Right. I think about like as a teacher, it's my administrators, right? Or people that are like leaders over right. me, um, team I mean, leaders, you know what's right? Really interesting so that about dynamic, that. What I know that I have
0: I have used per- passive aggressive communication. Like that's not a question. I have done that, but I was wondering. I feel like I don't use it as much with people who are over me in terms of like the the uh employment ladder. Like no. I don't. I don't necessarily use passive aggressive communication with my superiors. Interesting. That's weird, isn't it? Maybe it's a power thing too. It didn't include that in the S- psychology today article, but like I feel like it might have so something why to do, do with power. So why do you
1: feel like you don't do that with people in power anymore? I don't, I don't lateral. Know. Is that lateral?
0: Maybe because I'm trying to like I'm not sure. That's weird. But I don't we know. can come back to that. I want to dig into that a little bit cuz I I don't think that I hmm Maybe it's because I'm trying to grovel a little bit with my superiors. Oh, there you go. So I don't use sarcasm as much or like snarkiness. I'll be more like literal or interesting. Okay. Hmm. Maybe that says more about me than other people. Learn on your reading (laughs) reading Um, binge. Revenge is sweet. It feels really good to get back at people who have wronged us. So when you're passive aggressive with like, I don't know, like attempting to hurt someone in a passive aggressive way, it feels good, kind of. Because we
1: like to have like, justice, mm-hmm. even if it's, like, petty yeah, justice. Well, and I think that's the thing we gotta talk about with passive aggressiveness, that pettiness that yeah. happens. super petty. And, I mean, I'm not gonna say that that's, like, unique to women, but I think there's no. something in the way that, like, society... Even going back to societal expectations, right? Yeah. If we're supposed to be quieter, if we're supposed to not be loud, not be aggressive, all these things, I think that breeds sometimes this pettiness that yeah, happens. totally. And so you want to take power where you have it. I was talking to my sister, like, and she's a nurse, and so talking about the workplace, mm. and she works in a lot of different hospitals. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just encountering different kinds of this passive-aggressive pettiness that happens. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about, really, people just feel like they have no control, yeah. right? And so what do you have control over? I have control over this snarky email. <laughs> right? right. I have control over this little comment that comes yeah. out, you know, I, think I, can, our, I can do that. Our last
0: episode, we talked about, like, how I had, like, been at Tacoma General for, uh, to support my brother. And when I was there, I was really, like, noticing how I feel like these these workplaces, especially where people are dealing with the public, like in schools and hospitals, that there's this kind of, um, you know, you, the work you do you, and how you interact with your team is really unique Right, Mm because I have friends who work in like IT, and they don't have that same kind of experience of like uh, working with the public and being um, having to cope with your coworkers, right? Who are all touchy feely, like helpful people, mostly Mm -hmm. touchy feely helpful people, and sometimes touchy feely helpful people who are drawn to things like education and uh, like working in the medical field are um, you bottle up some of that rage and stuff that you have from just being a human being, and then it comes out in weird. Passive aggressive ways.
1: Well, and I wonder like how a much gas leak. <laughs> We're gonna be on it with these metaphors yeah, today. It feels really good. Um, <laughs> I I wonder too how much of it comes from like when you're working with public, you mm-hmm. have to have a certain face, right? True. And so you have yeah. to be um you just have to you have to hold a lot of stuff in right yeah. like there's a lot of stuff you'd like to say Absolutely. to a patient to a student to a community member yeah and and you know maybe they're they're, they're coming from the right place but there's mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of that kind of you have to put on a certain work face so happens. true yeah.
0: and I remember being in grad school and taking that class that was like teacher as performer right yep and that's part of it too <clears throat> is that like you're even told you're trained in your program to like you have a certain persona when you're yeah. at work and dealing with parents and families in the community and then you, the rest of the time, you get to be yourself. Yeah. So enjoy.
1: Well, it's kind of strange. I want to say those should be really authentic, right? Those should, there should Absolutely. be a smooth transition. Yeah. It's not like you're, t- we're not saying you should be two-faced, right? No, no. But definitely if you think about that, like code switching comes up to mind here, right? Yeah. So switching the way we talk about things um, yeah. professionally, casually, and all those kinds you of things. Which do, you kind of
0: do naturally anyway, yeah. but being taught it explicitly in my teaching program, I thought that was kind of a, like, yeah, it felt interesting. It felt like a,
1: yeah, interesting. Good use of a lesson there.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um,
1: Anything else from your
0: site yeah, today? Yeah, a, a couple other things, and then I'll be done, I promise. Okay. Passive-aggressive behavior is also convenient. Like, it's easy to leave a note on someone's poorly parked car rather than, like, I mean, you can just quickly take a Sharpie out of your dashboard <laughs> thing and, like, write them a note and be like, you parked like a turd, you know? Um, yeah. And that feels good, right? Like, and it's easy. Uh, it was... The easiness is, like, I think it goes back to that thing about efficiency. Okay, last thing. Passive-aggression is actually really powerful, so that's um, – it reinforces itself. So like when you actually can um, do something passive aggressive and then it changes the unde- undesirable behavior, then it reinforces passive aggression. Like, oh, I should do that again next time because it seemed to work. So since it's powerful and it
1: works, people keep doing it. Okay. Do you have an example for that?
0: Um, like somebody keeps um, taking, eating your food out of the fridge at work. <laughs> Uh, this is not an example for me because our fridges. Well, are, we already um, had the
1: disclaimer. I know, so. oh, I know,
0: but our fridges are mini fridges. <laughs> just to clarify, you can't all fit all our lunches in there. But like, if somebody was eating your food out of a so a someone drinks at your work, diet coke, somebody from drinks work. Your, yeah, yeah, and then they don't say anything about it, and they don't tell you about it, and you, they don't like give you another diet coke or re, like refill the diet coke, you know collection in the fridge or give you some change or whatever and then you leave them a note on the door of the fridge or even on top of your six pack of coke that says yeah don't touch my diet coke buy your own diet coke and then they stop drinking it Ooh, that feels really it feels good because revenge and then also they'll (laughs) stop drinking your diet coke
1: I just rather someone say, I'd like one of your Diet Cokes.
0: That's, yeah. Right?
1: Or, like, here's 50 cents. Yeah. Or I'm going to pay pal you a dollar. Yeah.
0: Or something right. like that. Because yeah. we know working in public schools that there's not just free Coke in the fridge. Yeah. That's not a thing. Well, and you need that caffeine. Yeah. And if you're
1: counting on that one. Yeah. You know, it's important. Absolutely. So, why are we even talking about this, Annie? Like, what's important about this in regards to us as uh, interchangeable white ladies, as I professionals? I feel
0: like the biggest connection for us is going to be our unique communication challenges as like being white women in the education system because we have some unique some unique challenges that kind of come up in our workplace so I wanted to yeah I wanted to talk about that
1: well and I was thinking a lot about how um thinking about our profession is dominated by women and so true. talked before on the show that it's dominated by white women in particular yeah. and there's this um as a result right if we think logically as a result mm-hmm. then of course white women would have shaped the culture of these spaces yeah. right and, and shaped the culture of that communication that makes spaces. sense yeah absolutely And so i think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we have just these white female um stereotypically female mm-hmm. responses yeah and that's what shaped the norm of like how to communi- communicate communicate in the workplace particularly in education right so we, i see th- i think about uh, trainings i've attended i think about i've been a teacher for 12 years right so Thinking about you know pulling all these different examples, um, and you know the shushing, right? I mean, and mm-hmm. I definitely have been not only shushed, but have shushed other people. Uh, That's yeah. super passive aggressive. Um, That's very stereotypical.
0: I think we were talking about how I say please too much (laughs) yesterday. How I'm like, please put your phones away, right? Yeah. Or please do this thing. When I really should say, get out your notebook and your pencil. Yeah. I say, please get out your notebook. And sometimes it's just really polite, especially if like a kid seems, if I'm encountering a, a, a student and they seem like they're maybe like having a hard time getting started. It's like first period. Yep. I might gently kind of like go by their side and talk softly and say, hey, can you get out your notebook Mm -hmm. and your pencil? If you need a pencil, there's extras on the back counter. Yeah. Right? Like that – so the tone, you know, I match that to the kid's energy, but it's still like – I mean, I will say that sometimes. Please, get out your pencils. And it's stern, but it shouldn't include please because that makes me sound – Well, and I don't
1: know. I'll push back a little bit. Like I think that – we're, I don't think it's about politeness too right and so we got to think about the communities yeah. that we're working in thinking of the modes of communication I don't think it's a problem to say please yeah. Um, and having traveled a lot internationally like we're uniquely to the United States like yeah. there is a lot of please there's a lot of thank yeah. you's there's a lot maybe, of smiling maybe right? it
0: feels bad because it's like the mismatch of the word and the tone yes, right yeah. like that's the problem but I think the problem you have to think like, about where
1: it's coming from right? right like it's coming from a place of care which is different than when you're doing that yeah. passive aggressive I mean true. even the shushing right that's not that's not really coming from a place of yeah. care, right? That's coming from a, yeah. you don't fit this norm here. Yeah. I was at a conference this summer, and I, so I grew up in like church community, and particularly like that charismatic kind of Pentecostal Protestant yeah. for, for, for use of labels here. Um, and so, guess what? You amen, you're like, yup, <laughs> you, <laughs> you, you clap. That's I mean, so you don't funny snap because or I, anything, I, I,
0: like, I don't attend church now, but when I was growing up, I went to a, um, a Lutheran Missouri Synod congregation which like the Missouri Synod is okay so there's two types of Lutheran Church there's the ELCA which is the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America which, okay. is, which is much more lively oh. and then the Missouri Synod which is like what you picture when you think of like very serious German immigrants in the Midwest, like just like s- sitting and standing a lot and singing really German hymns and like <laughs> and like then just like drinking really black coffee and not yeah. talking to each other. I at picture all.
1: long skirts. I don't yeah.
0: know. If that's... Yes. Okay. Um, the tr- I mean, like depends on the congregation, but yeah. like definitely very serious. So when you ex- when you say that, like I think of my own childhood experience of like having a very like, I mean, oh, I would say I don't know. Um, stayed is the kind of yeah. word I think oh, of like good. very like, um, Like
1: (laughs) reserved, reserved. Yeah, yeah, you're praising Jesus in your heart. Yeah, yeah,
0: very passionately in the heart area. On the inside, inside. do not not on the outside.
1: <laughs> well, and I think about cross-cultural communication as part of this, right? So, like, having grown up in that context, like, I'm at this conference this summer, and actually I actually did it at every conference because that's just who I am, but I tried to reel it in a dash um, in that setting, and I was torn with that because I'm like, I don't, I want to be authentic to myself, but also, like, I, I just kept getting stared at by, like, older white people, <laughs> particularly women, but I had this one dude sit in front of me, and he, he sat there after I already sat down, yeah. and I was like already you know like oh yeah beforehand he was a late arriver
0: to he the was situation
1: and so he kept giving me this dirty look and i just wanted him to turn around and say hey you're distracting me or like oh yeah hey or just move how about you just move yeah. right instead of as a look around yeah. and i wasn't i all i was doing was like yes that's right to the people yeah. who were at the conference <laughs> like speaking so yeah. every time um, and I am not much, I mean, I guess in my English class, I'm like a snaps person now, but like, yeah. snaps, which I feel yeah. like is so ridiculous. Like English teacher, yeah. you know, like, Ooh, poetry slam, <laughs> even though we're like not doing poetry in <laughs> class awesome. at the time. Um, but it's just funny thinking about how people respond that way. And so like how much of this is conditioned, how much of this is, mm-hmm. um, the places that we grow up, like you yeah. mentioned, your our heritage. That well, we and then how much is. of it is
0: like, I mean, like what we value because, um, like that Lutheran Missouri Senate example, like some people really value silence. Like I was, um, and sometimes it's a physical actual need of like um, being distracted by like auditory stimulus or whatever. But I have, you know, I was in a, when I um, did foster parent training at DSH in Tacoma, um, the, the class, there was a woman in the class who said to my friend, it was during like our, um, during the actual like class portion. And She was eating chips and she was like, it was like Tim's Cascade potato chips, which you cannot eat quietly. No, like even if your mouth is closed, it's like eating. Doug's
1: nodding hard in the back. Yeah, Yeah. it's a
0: thing, right? Like it's a thing. (laughs) It's a thing. So um, she was eating her chips and it was during class and this lady kept doing kind of similar to what you were saying about the training, turning around like, oh, what's that noise? Hmm, Stop. Um, And finally, she turned around in the middle of the class. And this one just went from passive-aggressive to, like, aggressive. She turned around. She was like, can you stop chewing so <laughs> loudly?! And everyone stopped and looked at her and we were like, oh, she blew her gasket. That's like when the gas leak turns yeah. into a full-on, like, inferno. She was just like, I can't handle this anymore.
1: Well, and how many steps along the way could that have something been done about it, right? Yeah. So sometimes I find when I'm getting, like, irritated with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Not just chip-chewing, but uh <laughs> chip-crunching. <Yeah. laughs> or I think about my students, like, super fidgety, right? And oh, I, yeah. I've i never been diagnosed with anything, but I have definitely, like, I hear sounds and I'm like, skirt, what's over there, right? And so <laughs> Squirrel. Yeah. And so thinking about that, but also, like trying to be intentional about just because it's not my norm of communicating right. how I want to make sure that we're creating norms as a class absolutely. that are conducive for everybody to be right. themselves at the same time we have these like learning norms right so absolutely I can think of several <laughs> students over the years who are like tapping fidgeting squiggling you know poking yeah. whatever and it's yeah. like okay as long as you're not making it too loud right as long as it's not um, disrupting other people's right. learning, like. And I that's ai d I'm it's in a different a place than I used to line. be. Mm-hmm. We talked about this yesterday when we were gabbing about
0: what we're gonna do. That's what ladies do, we gab, you oh, know. Oh gosh. Um
1: passive aggressive gab.
0: Yeah. So much gabbing. We <laughs> That would be a good podcast. That would be really funny. Po- <laughs> passive aggressive gabbers. Uh we don't say anybody's names, we just say mean things about them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that, would, oh, that okay. would be terrible All right, so, what um, well, we were okay, gabbing. <laughs> so we were
0: gabbing about this because I was thinking about there's sort of a fine line between tone policing which is yes. like like um, um, telling someone oh you're, experience, you're experiencing your own life in a way that I think is shrill or I think yep. is um, I don't like your tone right and trying to correct it for someone else when they're talking about their own lived experience there's a fine line between tone policing and then and then trying to do those things to cultivate a professional learning environment yes. where we get students to like think of themselves as professional learners, and we are like trying to get them to be um, get these habits of like um, being in an academic environment. So where does that where does that where's the line, right? Yeah. I mean, I worry about that sometimes. Like, am I am I trying to make you sound more like normative communication so that you fit into this box? Um, and is the box good for you or is it just good for me? Yes.
1: Yeah. And I think um, race and class and a cultural background comes to play here, too. Right. So in our classrooms, I mean, we have uh, students from Diverse populations, right? And so you've yeah. got your students who come from homes that it's more quiet, right? And they're expected mm-hmm. to engage in a particular kind of way. Their right. body language says something. And you got kids that come from homes where if you don't shout, you're not going to get any attention. Or, like, that's just – yeah. po- it's positive. Positive shouting is, like, engagement and excitement. And so – Navigating that in a in a space with thirty kids, yeah. and then you're like, okay, yeah. which is why I think it's so important to set set the, make those norms with kids, right? And decide yeah. like, what's your non-negotiables, right? And then, and it should be to me, non-negotiables are things like we don't use derogatory language, right? right? We don't tolerate hate speech, Absolutely. right? But then the negotiables are all these other things that kind yeah. of pop into like, hey, I can't deal with your fidgeting. Can you just right. can we figure out a middle ground, like fidget a little bit, but not too much, you know. Yeah. And those kinds of things, um, you know, is blurting out answers like if that's your form of communication. But also like there's needs to be order. So the kid that's that's quiet also has can an opportunity to, to participate. Right. Yeah. So creating those spaces. But I think the difference here, though, like for us, we're talking about in our classrooms mm-hmm. and the difference in school as a system. Yeah. Is that those norms have already been set up. So when you get hired, you're rolling into those norms and you're like, okay, what are the norms of the space? Right. And if we're dominated by white women, right, those norms of the space have already been set up by women and perpetuated. And I don't even know how many people are talking about those unspoken norms. Right. We just kind of see them happening. And if you adapt, cool. And if you can adapt, then.
0: Yeah. That and all those all those, all those empathetic people who go into education yep. soak it up like a bunch of sponges, you know. <laughs> we like can't not do it. Yeah. So <laughs> we're like, that's sort of like- I don't know, we just do, we do what to fit in, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I know some, I know a lot of, um, I think we've talked about this before, but I know a lot of teachers who have kind of like anti-authoritarian streaks, like where they, oh, yeah. they are they are like themselves like kind so of rebellious. really rebellious. And like, that's, uh, that's really funny because of how compliant we are too. Like, can you be rebellious against a system that like, Right. Um, Doesn't is maybe not serving kids the best, but then also be extremely compliant to these social norms and cultural norms of communication.
1: I think that's the part that makes me especially annoyed um, is is that right. So like, okay, we're all internally rebellious. In these spaces, you know, we're like yeah. doing this hard, gritty work, but then like we're rebellious about dumb stuff, and yeah. <laughs> and then sometimes passive aggressive, yes, dumb stuff super passive aggressive, and rebellion rebelling in this way. You know, I'm gonna send an yeah. all staff email and write this passive aggressive oh, thing. Oh god! Rather yeah. than the, like the all staff email, that's the worst. <laughs> Rather than just dealing with it. And also, how about we how about we channel our rebellion against things that are like actually um, not good for kids, right? Yeah. So. I'm going to throw something controversial out there a little bit but okay. like dress code, yeah. right? Like yeah. I wrestle with the notion of dress code. I'm I'm upholding what's the standard of the school yeah. and yes. in the district yep. and I I bought into that in that sense that that's my job. At the same time, I think they're very much targeted towards our females yeah. and our women and our young women and and that seems very like inequitable and yeah. part of social justice is responding to that. Yeah. Right. And so I'm sitting in this space and I'm like, am I going to like send a passive aggressive email because I didn't like how someone like put this book back in the book room? Or am I going to fight against like things like battles you choose? Right.
0: Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that because I when I was in college at Western and I got involved in the ROP, which is resource and outreach programs. And they have all kinds of amazing programs. They're so great. Uh, But one of the things that we did. I mean there were these shows that we would put on through the R O P like um, drag show and um like spoken word events and um there was a oh condom fashion show. That was for the Sexual Awareness Center and it was really, really fun and you got to make the outfits out of um condoms. It's this thing. It was a thing. What? Yeah, like <laughs> I don't even understand. Like, what okay, you're so about. <laughs> okay. Condoms are when they're when they expire, they can no longer be used. <laughs> So, there are these boxes upon boxes upon boxes of expired condoms that can't be used. And they would give them out for free at the Sexual Awareness Center because it was like part of their mm. thing on campus for like student health or whatever. Sure. Yeah. And so the leftover ones they would make into. <laughs> I don't know where, why the- I- Okay. I have a reason for this story. Uh, <laughs> Keep going. I swear. So then people would I'm just, use. like leftover would use, condoms. Yeah. Would use them to like, they would sew them together or create these crazy outfits. Like, picture like Priscilla Queen of the Desert with a giant, like, um, like, um, Human like peacock thing made out of condoms like they were, okay. they, were they were hilarious costumes and it was a fundraiser oh. for um to help like fund a bunch of really cool organizations that help people with aids and hiv okay so it was a cool it was a really great thing okay but anyway so when we were doing they're leftover they're not used no no no, <laughs> know, no they're not used they're unused unused expired I'm just picturing Thanks, like
1: the road condoms no, you know like how you find no. them on the road you like,
0: no that's so gross right this is not like that I promise. It's okay. not. I swear, these. It's not like that. So, so this this was a really cool thing. Except the point of this t- story. Now that I've gotten to, I had to tell you all the background, or you wouldn't get it. Um, is that in this condom fashion show, they said um, no, um, no nipples on oh. a, on anybody. So if you were okay. if you were a dude, you also had to cover your nipples. Yeah. And part of it was like it's not equitable or fair yeah. for us to say women have to cover their yeah. their chestal region. <laughs> But dudes do not. Yeah. So they had a, a no zero nipple zero tolerance nipple policy. Yeah. Which I was like, yes, that yeah. makes sense to me. Um, but it's one of those things that like, how what is this double standard about like about dress code and then like how we apply it? I think that's really unfair.
1: It's was, super unfair. Yeah.
0: I don't uh, – sorry that I want a real tangent about that. It was it's a good story though. Good I story. mean because they're like – and sometimes that came out in passive-aggressive ways too just yeah. to connect it back to what we're talking yeah. about. The larger picture here is that we would get the passive-aggressive email from some random person that would say, well, if women aren't allowed to show their yeah. nipples, why are men allowed to show their nipples. No nipples.
1: <laughs> I think this is the thing just about being intentional, right? Yes. And so part of the, the the conversation is just that we should have the conversation yes. and then start to think about where we're working yes. and where we live and how we exist in these um, different spaces and what are we Absolutely. doing to perpetuate those unspoken yeah. norms. Right. Um, this summer, is, I started talking about this a little bit with uh, Tom Rotemacher, and that'll be part yeah. of my homework later on. Um, but we started talking about that, and as for him, he's a white male, and so what is that like coming into schools where these are yeah. the norms and then trying to fight it, but then also realizing he's got a lot of privilege, right? Mm-hmm. And then also people listen to him more because he's a man, but he's in a but woman's some, space. Yeah, then, so
0: sometimes his voice isn't privileged because he's surrounded by women who are, like, who are... Uh, yeah, yeah, shushing him or whatever, yeah. telling him what to do. Sending him all-staff emails. Sending him
1: all-staff emails. <laughs>
0: yeah, I feel like the all-staff email thing is really funny because um, <laughs> sometimes all-staff emails are... They don't start out as the original email won't be passive aggressive like we've gotten ones. And when I say all stuff email, I mean, we got one last year at the end of last year that was an all district email (laughs) that someone sent like, hey, we need more tongue depressors in the nurse's office or something. But this person sent it to every certificated staff member in the entire school district and everybody who couldn't handle getting that email replied and replied all.
1: And I kind of like to play yeah. a betting game, like yeah. an over-under, like yeah. how many reply yeah. alls so the reply all. Are we going to get yeah. about not replying all? Yeah, it's like really somebody good. will respond
0: and say don't reply all. And I, I one time, one time, Hope, I'm just going to say one time. <laughs> I. confession. Wrote, it was a building all staff email, and I reply. Am I shaming you? Uh, yes, you should, because everybody else did, and it was justified. Shame. <laughs> Shame.
1: Shame. Shame. Shame.
0: Shame! I replied all to an email that said, please do not hit reply all. I've been that person before. Shaming you again. Oh, God, it hurts to think about it. It hurts to think about it. Hey,
1: I think it's time for uh, Critical Pop Theory.
0: Oh, Pop Critical Theory?
1: Oh, the other way around.
0: (laughs) Pop Critical Theory. This segment is called Pop Critical Theory. Today's pop critical theory comes from the delightful intersection of sociology and linguistics, word blending. I love word blending so much. It's really silly, but it's like one of my favorite things that I enjoy. I'm going to explain it for people who are uninitiated into word blending. White women love word blends as much as your one quirky uncle loves puns. Um, (laughs) The IWL's favorite word blend is obviously brunch. That's breakfast and lunch, natch. Yeah, natch. (laughs) naturally. But we won't wax poetic about waffles on this episode, maybe later, because we're going to talk about food at some point, because we can't not, right? We always talk
1: about food. I, I love food so fine. much. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the practice of word blending has brought us such gems as mansplaining and white splaining, two professional communication uh, issues in the workplace um, that have been invaluable in our quest to explain kind of the nuance of interpers- interpersonal issues in our... In our places of employment. So we have to give credit where credit is due. This really awesome author, Rebecca Solnit, she writes essays and they're amazing. She's like a you know, essays are like a dying art, right? Like she writes good ones that are like still a thing. Like I teach A
1: B Lang, so know, I'm constantly you understand. finding. Okay. Yeah. I don't know
0: why I'm talking I'm preaching to the <laughs> choir here. Um so she coined mansplaining in an incredible essay turned book called Men Explain Things to Me. Which is a great title all by itself. Essentially, mansplaining is when the person doing the explaining, usually a man, but not always. Sometimes you can mansplain and not be a man, which is confusing, but uh, it's a thing. (laughs) Speaks under the assumption that they know more about the subject at hand than the explainee, the listener. A person becomes a mansplainer when they actually know less about the subject than the mansplainee, leading to a tense and sometimes demoralizing interaction for the highly capable yet underestimated recipient of the communication.
1: I feel like I'm really getting school today. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. Yeah. The most notable extension of this blend is white splaining. Hey! Okay. Which is perfectly explained by a now infamous MTV short on YouTube called White People White whitesplain Whitesplaining. White
1: Oh, it's have so good. Have you seen that? Good. It's so funny. I was just thinking of that. You
0: need to see it. It's so, if you haven't, we'll link you, to you it. need to see it. It's fantastic. It's a must watch for homework, definitely. Isn't it like
1: the, I have to remember, it's, I saw it last <laughs> year where a person of yeah. color is trying to explain white splaining and then white people yeah. just keep interrupting each other.
0: I, yeah, and they keep interrupting her <laughs> yeah. to explain, to white splain, white splaining. It's too much. It's and then, like, so isn't there funny. a man that comes in yeah. and white mansplains? Yeah, no, a there's a guy, he comes down the stairs and he's like a professor. And He's like, he's like I'm a he's a white Actually. guy. I'm a professor of African American studies and I'll tell you about white It's so funny. Okay, you need to see it. It's good. It's terrible. <laughs> and terrible. Okay, um, white follows a similar pattern to mansplaining, but the explainer is white while the explainee is a person of color. So in this MTV short, the one black woman, like you said, is continuously interrupted by the white people around her who say how much they understand what she's going through, right? They also advise her on how, what she should be offended by, <laughs> which is really <laughs> crazy, and explain how she should react to racism. Like, oh, something racist happened to you. You should react this way. So it has a similarly demoralizing and frustrating effect as mansplaining. Um, I feel like I'm some part of the punchline in the joke because I've now potentially white-splained white people white splain white-splaining kind of like if a man mansplained mansplaining.
1: My head just exploded. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's the sound of Hope's head exploding. So I want to—I'd love to think about some practical applications because that's like, you know, teachers, whatever. We need to know how we're going to use it. Okay, can we hold
1: on for one second? Absolutely. Because my head exploded. Uh, let's hear. Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors.
0: Oh, that's a great idea. Our sponsor is your favorite hometown airline and mine,
1: Alaska. That's right. As we say at the top of each episode, we, we fly, fly Alaska. Alaska. And we fly Alaska because they make flying so enjoyable. From takeoff to landing, we feel taken care of. Totally. You now, I really like that I can use chat apps without having to pay for full Wi-Fi. You know how convenient that is? I like the movies they offer because I can stream
0: them directly to my phone. That's a real win. Ooh, it Take totally in is. one, two, oh, and yes. three. I uh, have a confession, actually.
1: Wait, a confession it's right really now important during an ad for our sponsor are yeah. you sure this is the
0: right time uh yes i wrote a limerick about alaska Airlines. oh no
1: doug can we just oh, no, cut this please oh no cut. no oh
0: hear me out please don't please okay fine okay that face though
1: okay, okay. what you
0: got <clears throat> alaska i shall proclaim your worth as your airplanes traverse starship earth I watch an in-flight movie, your staff is
1: so groovy, (laughs) and it fills up my heart with such mirth. Well, you heard it here first, the first limerick about an airline. I'm Annie. I'm Hope. And And we we fly fly Alaska. Alaska. To book your next trip, visit (laughs) alaskaair.com. All right, we're back. So now that my head is kind of come to here. It's
0: re- It's re-
1: How does this assembled? Ha- reassembled like a robot. So yeah. how do <laughs> what is the heck does pan explaining have explaining man- have to do? How
0: do we wh- what does think, this look okay. like? Okay. So first off, the website Everyday Feminism has a really helpful article called Six Ways Well Intentioned People Whitesplain Racism and Why They Need to Stop. So here's some practical things we can Great. think about. We'll link to that. The article says that usually signs of whitesplaining include a condescending tone and a paternalistic assumption that a person of color doesn't know enough to accurately articulate their own experience. Yeah. Yes. Some notable examples from the article include telling a person of color that you don't see color and then getting defensive when they try to tell you how their race is important to their identity. So you tell somebody who's a person of color, oh, I don't see a race. Like, I'm colorblind. And then they're like, but actually my race is, like, important to me as a part of my identity – and how I grew up, yeah. and people I surround myself with, and how I experience the world, and then you're like, then you get really, really upset, because you're like, defensive because... Yeah. Um, well, and
1: particularly with colorblind, yeah. just because, I want to say to people like that, like, just because it doesn't, it's not important to you, yeah. doesn't mean it's not important to me, right? Yeah. And so we all have identities formed from different things, you know, race, class, gender, uh, our experiences, right? And we, right. some things we take, and some things we don't, and everybody's so different so just mm-hmm. because you weren't traumatized by this thing or didn't respond to it doesn't mean that I can't be or yeah. that's not part of that shape who I am. Also just because
0: a person of color doesn't tell you that you've offended them doesn't mean you haven't offended oh, them. That's true too. Right? Cuz like yeah. that's one thing where I feel like there I can hear I can hear some people in my like mind my invisible audience saying, but what, but like, what if I don't know if I've offended someone because they didn't tell me then like, you gotta be sometimes clued into like nonverbals or like, um, maybe follow up with that person later. If you think you might've said something right and say, Hey, did that, was that uh, like, was that, was that not okay? Like I want to make sure that didn't offend you or hurt your feelings. Like, um, and if they don't want to talk about it, leave them alone. Mm -hmm.
1: I've been trying to get better at the body language. Right. And so, um, just accepting if i if i notice that and uh it's funny some people might accuse me of not apologizing or saying sorry and the whole like saying sorry yeah. as women like that all that oh
0: my god I'm so sorry yeah and
1: too much sorry and fake sorries and all that stuff that show up there sorry not sorry sorry <laughs> sorry but were talking about sorry so much sorry <laughs> but I also think like when I'm having these encounters especially with people that I don't know very well and I get a response that I'm like oh that's not what I intended or you mm. um that's I didn't mean to offend you or whatever I just I'm just like I'm sorry yeah. Right. And yeah. maybe I'm, maybe, you know, I don't have to like be internally like, you don't have to have like a deep, deep, deep
0: regret yep. for all your life, but you can feel bad in that moment and yes. d- acknowledge that, that yep. feeling bad and then
1: apologize. Well, and sorry for making that person feel that way. Right. Yeah. And so, like, whether that's, um, you know, making them feel like they don't, they're not valued or that their experiences yeah. are valued. And sometimes I think about like generationally, right? Like, how much has this person had all these things happen to them, which is why we're having this, this odd encounter. Yeah. And then now I've um, hurt them in a way that I didn't mean to because yeah. I didn't know all that stuff that was along the way but just being like okay with saying you know what sorry yeah. about that and maybe that yeah. sorry is like sorry for some generations and the people that came before me I don't yeah know.
0: yeah sometimes it's a deep sorry and sometimes it's a, a shallow sorry but this it doesn't matter right like if you express the regret right that's yeah. what that you show that you care in that moment yeah yeah that's true um, White splaining can also look like accusing people of color of being overly sensitive to racism mm. or discounting their experience as not a big deal or conflating it with the experience of all people of color. Like assuming someone is poor because some people who share their racial identity are also poor, then pitying their poverty when they're not actually poor at all. Mm. So that's part of like that overgeneralization mm-hmm. about groups of folks, uh, people of color, um, lumping people together. Yep. So... Um, Making just like making assumptions to assume is to make an ass of you and me. Hey, hey.
1: kids always like when I explain that because they're like, yeah. She said ass in class. I'm like, It's yeah. part of the word. So, do you Assumption. see like
0: I'm wondering though, like, do you see splaining, mansplaining, white splaining, whatever splaining? Do you see that in schools or in our workplace?
1: Or, yes, I, I it's one of those things where I feel like there's so many examples that I it's hard to weave through those examples. Yeah, uh, a, fr- a friend of mine was just telling me about how. She was mansplained about her period.
0: <laughs> and it's like, that's funny.
1: Wait, I
0: I actually think that's genuinely very funny because there's
1: no you know no. He was like skirt what? <laughs> <laughs> like you don't really know what huh? What? <laughs> yeah. How about you? What What examples can find? Um,
0: I like <sighs> the mansplaining. There's a there's actually a branch off of mansplaining that I just heard about that one of our friends from work told me about. He peeding. Have you heard about heap eating? No. It's like repeating except manly. <laughs> OK, you're going to know this one because I have experienced this in in workplaces, not really our current workplace as much because I feel like it's our current workplace is pretty equitable. But I've
1: been in workplaces before. Well, remember, this is not about our workplace. It's not. I know.
0: I'm sorry. OK, I said the disclaimer and then I keep on saying the
1: disclaimer over and over and over again. I like, really want but to make sure you don't. I really want you
0: to like if you're listening to this and you work with me, I'm not talking about you. Um, It's not you. And if you think it might be you do some deep reflection about your life. OK, keep eating eating is when you say an idea and it is awesome and then everybody sits quietly for a second and doesn't acknowledge that you' said any words and then a, and then a man wrote, says exactly what you just said in different words in a slightly louder and deeper or voice, the same words or the this exact really same good. words and then everyone in the room especially white dudes are like hmm yeah that yes, was so thoughtful that was very insightful, I really like your idea man and then you're sitting there like what happened? That's happened to, that's happened. I've seen, I've seen it occur. So. Yeah.
1: That actually reminds me, this summer I was at a, a conference with um, a bunch of amazing women, mm-hmm. and they were doing this panel, like, what's what's it like to be a woman in America today? And the panel yeah. had a lot of different ages, a lot of women from different racial, ethnic, and cultural backgrounds. Yeah. And one of the things that came up, they were talking about, like, how do you fight, um, how do we join, in, like, alliances as women in the workplace? Yeah. And then how do you fight some of these systemic issues? And mm-hmm. so a lot of them were actually in, like, the corporate world, so it's almost completely opposite to education, right, yeah. in terms of, like, being dominated oh, by yeah. women versus men. But they were talking about how, especially in those like mansplaining moments, mm-hmm. or would you just call it he-splaining, he peeding. There, that, repeating, <laughs> <laughs> like repeating. It's and so he- funny. It's hard to say. I think say. you could say he
0: peeding if that's easier. he peeding. he peeding.
1: And so, basically, they were talking about how one of the things to combat that is to give credit to people yeah. to, to jump into these spaces and then to
0: prevent he peeding.
1: right? But you're still repeating though. <laughs> but also to give credit, right? Yeah. To be like, oh, so Gretchen over there just shared a really great idea, and yeah. so. If you're adding on to Gretchen's idea, you're giving, you're citing Gretchen, right. <laughs> English teacher. Yeah, you're you're giving her credit, and then you're building off her idea. So you're still elevating like Absolutely. the voices of women in those spaces that are yeah. um, not.
0: I feel like I do that in my classroom with my students, just as a rule to like make sure that students feel like they get credit for their ideas. Mm-hmm. And so for teachers, it's really easy to practice when yeah. you're working with kids and maybe you're having a discussion. You can say, "Hey." um, Michael just uh, what Michael just said. Can I paraphrase? And I'll ask him if I can paraphrase. And say, yeah, go ahead. Said just said this. Um, so I want to give him credit for for saying that. Yeah. That was really cool. Like you can, it's easy to practice, right? Yeah. Um, for a- anybody, anywhere.
1: Well, I think men and women can do that, right? Like Absolutely. everybody in the workplace, yeah. we can elevate each other's voices, give credit to where those voices, you know, those ideas yeah. came from, right? As a way to kind of combat all this stuff, right? Yeah. Um, you know, tying back to that passive aggressive, it does remind me of like when. Um, I'll admit to doing it, right? Like when someone else has stolen my idea and then they're like, it's my idea. And not always men but often it has been men who've taken yeah. those ideas and they like have forgotten that it came from uh, me. You're like, I can't with it. <laughs> and then I'm like in that weird space of like, yeah. do I say something passive aggressively? Do I just yeah. roll my eyes at the person across the room who remembers or, that I was the one who came up with Or do
0: you go to your female coworkers and gossip loudly <laughs> Right, about which is it. also problematic, right? So
1: problematic. Like I, I we were just, just talking go, yesterday about
0: guess. how when you gossip, it feels good in the moment and then it makes you want to take, feel like you need to take a shower because yeah, you're like, I just said some dirty. mean things about
1: like Shame.
0: Oh, shame. Don't gossip. It's mean. Because then it comes yeah. right back around to people and then they don't trust you and they think you're a creepo. Yeah.
1: Why not just go to that person and say, hey, I didn't appreciate yeah. it? Mean, and I know why not because it's hard because it's. It's the it's same tenure. things. Why, it's, it's the same reasons yeah.
0: why we do passive aggressive behavior. It's because it's more convenient. It's, yep. you know, it's it's harder to be assertive. It's, you know, all the things. Yeah. I. Can I tell you? Uh, so we've looped background to passive aggressive stuff. Someone did share a story on social media. I feel like I wanted to share about passive aggressive behavior. Can, Can I share it, it now oh, yeah, so this is a good real, time. Yeah. And then so, we're going to
1: we're going to go to another segment. Okay. So in the disclaimer I said
0: that there would be a story from one of our actual coworkers who works with us in our building. Okay, so she has been making copies on the copy machine, which is near her classroom, and then the copies will come off the copier and they'll just be sitting there, not for very long. I mean, I'm, we're talking like I've never seen her leave copies for more than five minutes. She's she's near the copy machine, right? Yep. So she starts her copies. She'll leave and maybe she'll walk back, you know, do some errands or like and, to, and then come back to get them. Well, someone has been grabbing her copies off the machine as soon as they see them and throwing them in the recycle bin. <laughs> Which, uh, to me, is funny on so many levels. And the That's first, so much effort, I know why, the first level. The first level at which it is funny. Is the fact that this Sorry. reminds me of the mystery pooper, which was in the news recently <laughs> about that lady in Colorado who like goes on runs like early, early in the morning and like poops on people's lawns, <laughs> which I mean like you gotta go, you gotta go, but she's like like targeting people's lawns mm. with her defecation. Okay, so it's like a problem. <laughs> um, so they call targeted her, pooping. Targeted pooping. So they call Strategic. her. Strategic. They call her the mystery pooper. And so to me, this person is the mystery recycler. This person who's throwing the recycling, like they're throwing it in the they're throwing her copies, what she's supposed to use for her class in the recycle bin. When literally, if you've been in this copy room, you know the recycle bin is right below a table w- on which you could place the
1: copies so yes. that person could retrieve them
0: <laughs> later. Right?
1: And and most people, in my experience, just put the copies on the side. Exactly. That's, what, that's
0: what 99% fact, of people do. This a one lot of people person, look at your name
1: on the ta- on the copy and go, oh, that's so-and-so. Yeah. And then they take it to your room. I'm yeah. always amazed always when people do that. do that. And I'm like, yeah. that's yeah. So, so sweet that's of you. a nice you. thing to do. Thanks for taking me my copies. Yeah. Rather than throwing them in the recycle bin. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So, like, we're trying to Nancy drew it up, and, like, mm-hmm. I don't... But then I don't know why... I don't... Can I tell you the truth? Go ahead. I don't want to know it's who the you? mystery recycler oh. is. No, it's not me! <laughs> that would that be horrible! Although, me. although, I do respect this person for recycling and not just them in the garbage sure. can. I yeah. mean, save the planet. But, like, but... Come on, come on. Um, but I'm like kind of worried about knowing who it is because then I will resent that person and I will look at them differently. Yep. I'll be like, why did you do that? And then I'll think about psychology today and how it said um, passive aggression is convenient. Passive aggression is easier than being assertive, right? Instead of yeah. leaving a note that says, well, actually, that'd be passive aggressive too. Leave a sticky note that's like, please move your copies off the copy machine so other people can use the copy machine. It's not hard. Yeah, Just move them. that is Like impressive. to the table and not in the garbage.
1: So we could talk forever about this topic, That's and we true. probably will in, in future episodes. Um, but let's just do a quick timeless or terrible. Okay, interchangeable
0: white right, ladies.
1: So I'm gonna pull out of our jar here. Um, is it timeless or terrible? Trunk shows. So think along the lines like oh. Tupperware parties, yeah. cabbie parties, um, makeup parties. Yeah, uh, chef peppered um, chef parties.
0: I feel like this one. Okay. When I was a young person, younger than I am now.
1: This is a long story. (laughs) It's
0: not, it's short. I used to love those kind of parties. I used to go, my mom would take me to Tupperware parties. We would go, remember Party Light?
1: Yes. Yeah, that was the other party I forgot about. was so fun. I loved those. I never went to one. My mom
0: still has this ceramic angel that has a Mm. tea light holder. No, it's a fairy. It has wings. I don't know. But anyway, I thought it was so pretty when Mm. I was a little kid. And I was like, Mom, we have to get it. And I think she probably dropped like 40 bucks on the ceramic candle holder, which she still has and is so uh, still so lovely. So and,
1: as the hostess told you, it will last for generations. And it did. It's and still, it still in her bathroom. Memories. And I
0: still love it whenever <laughs> I see it. So it's one of those things that, like, as a young person, I was like, those are really cool. But as an older person, I've realized, like, I, might, I may... Sucks because I have mixed feelings about it. Those po- positive memories of that that fairy tea light holder, but then also thinking about how sometimes, sometimes not always, but sometimes those trunk shows are connected to that pyramid scheme crap we talked about right. in a previous episode. Like
1: the action. yeah. And I really worry yeah. about
0: people getting taken advantage of by giant corporations that just mm-hmm. want to like like milk them of all their money and mm-hmm. then leave them for dead. So I don't know. It's kind of
1: yeah well, makes me feel
0: really bad, like and really gross, and like people are getting taken advantage of.
1: That's part of the problem. Yeah, I definitely have a soft spot in my heart for uh, these kind of shows. Like, I have a couple friends that sell cabbie. Yeah, I enjoy wearing cabbie clothes, despite how expensive they are. They're also really nice.
0: Some of the things are really great. Charities like Ten Thousand Villages. Yes, that's a great charity, and it's also like Trades of Hope. I really like
1: their jewelry. I love that it's tied to like women's businesses out in different parts of the world, and you're helping like fight sex trafficking. Um, I had a friend who just did a Facebook – and the Facebook move for all these trunk shows, I kind of like that because I like yeah. sitting and doing something else and then being like, oh, I'm on Facebook oh, yeah, helping support these people, which is also – I don't know that's super, like, passive. <laughs> <laughs> the digital trunk show is, is the white woman's passive-aggressive, like, cherry yes. on top of that passive-aggressive cake. But I'm going to go with Timeless and also okay. because – Tupperware has <laughs> lasted forever. I know, that's so true. It's I, timeless. I,
0: I have very mixed feelings, but I, because I hate conflict, I will just agree with you.
1: <laughs> Sounds great. Um, so, time for that's our final segment of, of the, the episode. <laughs> Do your fudging homework. Interchangeable. White right, ladies. All right, what is the homework tonight? Well, Annie?
0: my homework, I want you to take a deep dive into cross-cultural communication theory, kind of look into what linguists, sociologists, and practitioners are working on, Uh, make and implement a plan for how you can improve your own cross-cultural communication without tone policing, which can be really difficult. So I want you to report back on your progress, and this assignment is worth the same as a test, so don't neglect it.
1: Thank you for that pep talk. Mm-hmm. I'm going to recommend the article that Tom Rodemacher and I um, work together on. And that's, can we talk about how many white women there are in schools? Mm. And so we'll link to that. And so Tom approaches this topic that we've been talking about, white women's explaining culture, all these kind of elements of communication. And then within that article, self-promotion here, <laughs> I wrote a response piece and kind of brought up some of the things that we've been talking about today in terms of examples and why we need to talk about this um, to be aware of it and to change the places where it's not right. So Sweet. Thank you for being here. Bye. Bye.
0: Interchangeable White Ladies
1: Podcast is part of the Channel
0: 253 Network.
1: Subscribe to the other podcasts, Nerd Farmer, Move to Tacoma, Citizen Tacoma, and Flounder's B Team.
0: Bye. Bye. Class dismissed. Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast is sponsored by Alaska
1: Airlines. We, we fly, fly Alaska. Alaska. Book your next flight on alaskaair.com.
0: This is Channel 253.